Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there, I'm Alice Oliver. You're listening to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think might be underrated or underseen. This week, it was Josh's turn to pick the film and he went with Scooby-Doo from 2002. So let's get to it. So then, Josh, Scooby-Doo from 2002. Why did you pick (laughs) Scooby-Doo from 2002? And what is it about? Well, what is the film Scooby-Doo? From 2002, about, well, mm-hmm. basically, it's a film adaptation of the very famous cartoons featuring a talking dog and his friend in the 60s that go around solving mysteries. I'm not <laughs> going to go into it any more than that. Spoiler warnings if you've not seen the film Scooby-Doo. <laughs> why did I pick this? That's excuse me, by the way, everybody. I've got a little bit of a cold. So why did I pick this? So it's 20 years old this year. Which, Happy first of all, birthday. that Scooby-Doo. hit me like an absolute train. Because I, yeah. I was like, mm. I remember going to see this at the cinema and it feels like about wow. five years ago. But anyway, <laughs> so it's 20 Which years it old. It wasn't released yesterday. <clears throat> what yeah, is this nonsense? So I was. I think I had a couple of other films I was going to pick before, but then I saw it and everyone was celebrating the fact that it came out 20 years ago. A lot of people, you know, yeah. about our age, sort of mm-hmm. with a lot of fond memories about this film. So because I saw that going round, I went on and had a look at the critical reception. Mm-hmm. And I was really quite taken aback with how mm-hmm. poorly it was received. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading more about it, about how like some of the cast disowned it and said that oh, they wish no. they'd never Come made on. it and all this. Is Scooby-Doo and, and another thought, Grease 2, could you say? <laughs> right, that's a yellow card. Right? All right, so yeah. <laughs> no more, no more. But, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer said she hated Grease 2 and she I did. thought it was six. Maybe yeah, it's a similar... Exactly. Maybe Scooby-Doo has been influenced by the Grease 2 effect, which is what we'll call that from now on. The Grease 2 effect. Um, Anyway, so so that's why I picked it. So I picked it, I suppose, I wouldn't say it's underseen, but I would say it's underrated, having looked Mm -hmm. at the critical reception then. I've got a lot of affection for this film. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember it very fondly. I'm watching it again. I saw stuff I'd not seen before as an adult. I started appreciating stuff that I'd not seen before, and I just had a great time. Mm -hmm. Had you seen it before? I had seen it before, and Josh, it was on my list. What? Yeah, that's man, the second it was time on my this list. has happened. So it was but, the enduring love, and then this. I know what a mix, right? But you know what's funny? It's only recently on my list. But whereas I think, obviously, you've been influenced. You know, you see in the media and the hype around it because it was the anniversary. Mm. For me, I literally think. So I've I've been thinking about the musical episode of Buffy for quite a long time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm just desperate to go back and watch it. So then I've been thinking about Sarah Michelle Gellar a lot. And then this film just popped into my head and I was like, you know what? I remember seeing that as a kid and I remember enjoying it and having, yeah. like you said, just a really good time 
whilst yeah. watching it. So I couldn't really remember what it was about. Obviously, I know the general idea, but I couldn't remember any of the actual plot points or the, the narrative drivers, shall we say. All I remembered was the feeling, the feeling I had of watching it, and that was a Once good feeling. Once more with feeling. Exactly. I've not even seen Buffy. I just know that's the title of the episode. Oh my god, it's sick. I've only ever like seen the... the musical episode of Buffy. It's the only episode of Buffy I've ever seen. It's epic. You always and I don't see even these know ridiculous. Why. You see these ridiculous articles that are like, "Oh, you know, a show is failing when they do a musical episode." And I'm like, "Are you taking the piss? The musical episode of Buffy is a masterpiece." But wasn't wasn't Buffy like one of the first ones to do it? So that was before. See, I always think it's when. It's when a sitcom does it that you know it's going down the pan. Whereas Buffy okay, yeah. <laughs> actually gave it, and you know there was an idea behind the Buffy one, wasn't there? Like it made sense. But then there are other stuff as well that have done musical, like the episode, musical episode of Scrubs. I think is quite good. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, there's a, I think there's a couple of um, How I Met Your Mother, or there's at least oh, a couple the... of musical numbers in them. You get musical numbers in The Simpsons, which Family Guy really does it good. all the time. Family Guy does it all the time, and they're always brilliant. I am here for the musical episode. Anyway, back to what we're here to talk about. So, back to Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo was on my list. Scooby-Doo from 2002 was on my list also. Is it Scooby-Doo 2 or Scooby-Doo 1? It doesn't rhyme Did, with anything. Just, just... <laughs> <laughs> just Scooby-Doo 1. I don't think I've seen the second one. I don't yet. think I've seen the second one. No. So, yeah, uh, only only good feelings going into this, and I, I almost squealed with delight when I saw that you were choosing this. <laughs> uh, so... Let's get to it, Josh. Watching it this time around, what are your thoughts? What did you like about it? Do you know what? I still loved it. Mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. had a really great time with it. And looking at it with a critical eye only gave me more appreciation for how, how the film made me feel as an audience yep. member. Because I enjoyed it as a kid. And you enjoy it as a kid because, you know, there's a Scooby-Doo CGI dog running around getting into hijinks and there's a lot of slapstick stuff in there and Scooby and Shaggy are funny. As an adult, I had a whole new appreciation for just how layered with weird adult jokes this film is. Oh, yeah. To the point, like, like more than any other film I've ever seen, like, there's, there's yeah. so many knob jokes in there. And they, like, <laughs> they definitely don't shy away from the fact that Scooby and Shaggy are stoners and, and oh, like, no, and yeah. that sort of thing. So, breaking it down, what did I like? So, so looking at it, trying it with a more critical eye, the performances. So, oh, I think... top notch. Top it's notch. It's so well cast. Oh, mate, my first point is literally that the casting in this perfect. is flawless. Perfect. Absolutely flawless. Go on, go on. So you've got, you got Matthew Lillard in there as Shaggy, who mm. was so who is so good as Shaggy that I think he now does like or has done the voice of the cartoon. That's that sounds about right. Got, and if not, then he definitely should be. Yeah, you've got Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne kicking ass. Just wonderful. Like, so one of the things which I'll come on to in a minute, one of the things they do is they subvert the idea of Scooby-Doo. They take what Scooby-Doo is as an idea and all the things everybody knows about Scooby-Doo and they flip some of them on the head. So Daphne is always known as being the damsel in distress and she doesn't want to be taken as just someone who's always getting captured. So mm. she goes away and she essentially comes back as, guess what, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, except it's Hell monsters yeah. or whatever. Um, so she's really good in it, perfect cast. Freddie Prince Jr., I've not seen him in much, to be not honest, much, other than man, this, and no, I think... Not um, much at all. Is he in one of the one of the like it's like a she's all that or something like that? I think he's she, in. Yes, it is. Yeah, she's is all it that. she's all he's, that? Yeah, he's the male, yeah. the male lead in that. Very handsome man. You know, he's yes, he's indeed. just a handsome man. But to play Fred in this, because in, again in the cartoon, Fred is the leader. He's the handsome, intelligent one. In this, it's just thick. Oh, but it's so it, funny. It, it's just he's thick. so funny, isn't it? Yeah, and it, I just found that so funny. And then my favorite is 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 Linda Cardellini as Velma. Mm. 
I think she's brilliant. I think she's she's so funny. I think she's quite underrated as an actor as well. You know, she mm-hmm. she crops up in stuff from time to time. Like she's Hawkeye's wife in the MCU, and she's oh, yeah. she's done a couple of other bits where she's really good in it. But she's great in this. Like to play Velma, like, and they all are so cartoon accurate. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the way the characters are, because like I said, Fred changes from being the leader to being thick, and Daphne changes a little bit. But in the the, the imitation, it could have been so shit. Mm-hmm. Like the imitation could have been so shit. And it's not like the way that Linda Carnalini does the really nasally like, my glasses, you know, like yeah. the, the yeah. stuff that everybody knows <laughs> and jinkies and all yeah, that. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think it's so well cast. And you've got other people around it as well. Obviously you've got Rowan Atkinson in there as the sort mm-hmm. of villain, other people in there as well. Oh, I just, it's so well cast, Alice. Might be yeah. the best cast film we've done. I totally agree. And that's just so funny that that was literally my first and my most leading point as well, because I just couldn't fault it. Obviously, Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard are so funny. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Linda Cardellini, like you say, they're really endearing and really likable. So Shaggy is obviously, like, he seems a tad useless as a detective, but he has so much heart and warmth emanating from him. And I just feel like Lillard gets it right with his performance. Fred, it was so much funnier than I remember. He has some terrific one-liners and great comic timing as well. Dorky chicks like you turned me on too. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. He says at one point, like near the beginning, um, to a group of reporters and paparazzi, um, it's like, oh yeah, I did a lot of the teamwork. Um, And then, yeah, the iconic line, I'm a man of substance. Dorky girls like you turn me on too. And it's weird because he's so incredibly arrogant and borderline narcissistic but not in a mean or obnoxious way. No, just like he's like a he's like a sort of lovable, stupid jock, isn't he? Yeah, even though a lot of the stuff he's saying, I think maybe from a different actor or in a different script would come across as like either really patronising or just gross and really offensive, but it just isn't coming from him. And I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. himself is a huge part of that. Mm. Also, shout out to Matthew Lillard, who spends most of the film acting alongside a CGI dog, right? Yeah. Which can't have been easy. But you totally believe their friendship and their affection for one another. And I feel like all the actors understood the assignment, even the extras and the side mm. characters. It's mm. like everyone was in on it and everyone was in that world. Yeah, brilliant. It's it's so perfectly cast. Um, what else? So, the, so back to what I was saying there. The whole execution of the concept and the script as well. Now, so it's written it's written by James Gunn, who yeah, most people will know, know as yeah. the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad. He's made a name for himself for having, you know, essentially being a brilliant director, being able to give life to stuff, and he, he is fantastic. If you haven't watched Peacemaker, which is the TV series that he did with John Cena on the back of the Suicide Squad, it is well oh. worth a watch. It's really, really funny, um, and it, and it, he brings he brings this to life so well in the way it's written, like the way it subverts the idea. So essentially it's framed like a traditional Scooby-Doo episode, except the monsters are real. Mm. So in other Scooby-Doo episodes, it's, you know, there's a ghost haunting a factory or there's a sludge monster haunting a swamp. And actually it's not, it's someone in a suit or a costume using special it's effects. It's Old Man Withers from the Old yeah, Amusement and, Park. And that's how it opens, isn't it? It's like, it's Old Man Smithers or whatever. Yeah. And that's what you think of. And I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those pesky kids and all that. Mm-hmm. Except in this, it's not that, it's real monsters. Mm-hmm. So you have the mystery, the, the mystery gang going up against real monsters thinking that they're actually just blokes in costumes and all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So I love the idea of the way they flip that on the head and went, no, actually, it's real monsters. Other stuff as well, like the way that they, you know, they're all dressed like they are in the cartoons. It's not set mm-hmm. in the 60s. 
Mm-hmm. Like it must be set in when it was made, right? It's set in like 2002. People have mobile phones. There's like all the clothes and all the hair and all that. It's 2002, except for them who were just dressed like yeah. that in the 60s. Never yeah. explained. And I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> um, a bit like the Brady Bunch. You yeah, it was, a lot, that, it was like, a lot like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, time, just yeah. like, just like, <laughs> don't explain it. Yeah, don't, don't need explain to explain it. Don't it. ask. Yeah. Don't ask. You know um, you want to see the costumes. Here they are. You want to see the ascot. You want to see the green t-shirt yeah. and the beige <laughs> and the beige cords and all that. Um, Scrappy Doo being the villain and not actually being a puffy but having a gland disorder. Like yeah, I just funny. found that so funny. Again, mm-hmm. they don't shy away from the cartoony elements. They still have Scooby jumping into Shaggy's arms. They still have like Zoinks and Jinkies like and all Scooby that. Scooby snacks, yeah. And then on top of that you've got loads of adult jokes in there. So like, Mm. you know, it's clear that when you first see Scooby and Shaggy after the initial opening scene, that they're baked. Mm -hmm. Like, because he, he, I think Shaggy says something like talk about toasted or talk about baked or something like that. Never, never goes, doesn't, doesn't spoon feed you. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't go, you smoking a spliff here. Like, but everyone knows that from the sixties because of the way that it was written, the way it was drawn. Like like I said before, a lot of knob jokes and a lot of like, (laughs) Sex related <laughs> jokes in there. Like, yeah. there's a bit where um, Shaggy is talking to them all, saying, We're like a big Sunday ice cream Sunday. And he goes, Fred, you're like the big banana. And Fred, like, goes, right, like, yeah. yeah, it's my knob. Like, <laughs> like the look on his face. There's loads of them. There's like weird jokes mm. in there, like, um, Daphne's speaking to a guy doing voodoo and he goes, don't you know purple's a fall colour? And it's like yeah, proper yeah. stuff that like completely <laughs> went over my head when I was 11. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at it now going like, yeah, a lot of lot of penis stuff in there. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, that's what funny. about you? So what did you like about it? Um, so I th- I feel like the CGI, you know, it was very ambitious and it's not too bad. And because of the overtop and cartoon-like feel of the whole thing, you mm. can almost get away with it a bit more when the CGI isn't up to scratch. So a bit like the sharks in Deep Blue Sea, right? So Mm. the naffness of the CGI just kind of works in the context of the film. And then just bouncing off that point, I thought some of the monster design was really good as well. Like the way they designed the monsters. It wasn't wasn't really like anything I'd ever seen and it wasn't your traditional... Like I thought it was just going to be like a a sort of yeti, like big bear-like thing. But, you know, they weren't... And and it never says what they are, does it? It doesn't say like they're aliens, they're... They're just there. They're just monsters. What a mystery. If only <laughs> we could hire someone. Um, there's so many classic cartoon gags in there as well. Now, I haven't actually seen a great deal of Scooby-Doo, but, you know, I get the idea. I've seen Wayne's World. Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. Good call. Diddly, diddly, diddly. You know, I get it, right? So we see the gang, like, hiding within, like, these costumes in a sort of life-size display sort of thing in this, like, this little theme park ghosty house area so they don't get found by the bad guys. You've also got Scooby-Doo hiding inside a suitcase trying to roll away with his little toes sticking out like trying to push him along. And this worked really well with the more kind of mystery and horror elements to Mm. it as well. And it just, I thought it blended together really well. I thought it did a good job of bringing you into the film. And even though a lot of it was absurd and wacky, I wasn't sat there scratching my head going like, oh, but why did this happen? Why did that happen? Like, it just washed over me in yeah. just like a big Scooby-Doo bonanza just accept of colour and you just action. Accept it. Yeah. The pace was really good as well, you Yeah, know? it's only it's like an hour really and a half. Bang, bang on. Perfect. It's what like we want, lads. It's what we want. And like you say, it's really, it's like, it's amazingly self-referential as well. Mm-hmm. So like, 
it almost knows it's an adaptation of a cartoon. So you get things where it's like, we're going to go into the spooky house and Shaggy's saying, if you go into the Scooby house, uh, spooky house, there's statues with eyes that follow you and like, yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, they don't know that in the cartoon, but in mm. the film, they don't shy away from, from. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just embracing what it is, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think I've never seen any, like, there's been other examples of, like, adaptations of cartoons into live action which haven't been very well received. Mm -hmm. I think this has got to be up there with one of the best. It's it's so bold, isn't it? And it is yeah. so ambitious. Like how how often do you see that where we're trying to ad adapt a cartoon into live action? And the way they did it, I think I do think it was just perfect. And like you say, if if it had tried to be, I guess exactly like the cartoon and maybe a bit more serious and taking itself a bit more seriously, then maybe it would have flopped. Or maybe you know I could understand the not so positive reception to it. But oh, I just thought it was so funny. I just had such a good time. So we'll move on now then to talk about anything that we perhaps didn't like about the film or anything we would change. And I don't feel like Josh's list is very long here, but go on, Josh. Could you could you find anything in not, all the joy? Um, not loads. Some of no. this is like, I suppose some of this is my personal preference, which I'll come okay, on to. Yeah. I didn't think the CGI was that good, particularly okay. in, in places. But is that because it's the time? I'm not too sure. Because I always come back to... Yeah, the CGI is not great, but how could it be shit when it, something comes after Terminator 2, right? 
But Terminator 2 sort of stands alone as its own thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of other films in between Terminator 2 and this that have terrible CGI. So I don't know Uh if that's a fair comment. I don't really know what the budget was like. I don't really know what they were working with. But I must say, some of the CGI, particularly like um, towards the end when Scrappy is turning into the big Mm -hmm. monster thing. But do you know what? It's a kids' film. It's a family film. I'm not. I wasn't that bothered. You know. I've just always yeah. know, noticed didn't that. Didn't throw you. It didn't throw you out of the world, did it? The the other thing as well. Before I come on to my main point was was we we don't see them. There's a lot in there about how they were a great team and working as a team and what a great team we are. But actually, we don't ever see that. Okay. And I think I'd have liked maybe a bit at the beginning where we saw them work more as a team. But I, I understand that you don't necessarily have to give us everything, you know. It's it's not lacking for that, but I do think for the amount for the amount that it references them being a team, we perhaps needed to see them work as an actual team more rather than individuals doing the, doing their own thing. The other, maybe the, in that instance, sorry to interrupt, they maybe they're kind of assuming that you know, like the inferred knowledge sort of thing, like oh, we're well, coming on it, from the it? cartoons here. You've seen, you've seen what you think uh, the gang are like, and mm. and you know how they've always been. But we're going to start here, and it's going to go in a different because direction, sort of thing. Could be that. Is it? This is that's an interesting question, actually. Is it a sequel mm, to the cartoon? Because is it, is it a sequel to the cartoon? Because if yeah, it what is, what happened next? Sort of then thing. yeah, if it is, then that makes sense. I never even thought of it that way. That's a re- that's a really good point. Um, oh, thank you. Oh well, uh, top the, analysis. The, huh? the, <laughs> the other bit, I suppose, comes down to we've touched on this before. When a film is for kids and adults alike, sometimes there's a jarring between the two. Mm-hmm. There are bits in this where I remember watching it, thinking, I, I don't know why that's in there apart from to put in the trailer. So like, there's uh, a bit where yeah. Scooby's on a quad bike. Mm. And it's like, it's definitely just in there for the trailer. It doesn't add yeah, anything to the film. To be a moment of action, yeah. But actually, you know, maybe as a kid, you'd love that. Scooby-Doo riding the quad bike. Who am I to say a kid wouldn't love that? I probably loved it. Um, <laughs> and it, and then there's another thing. That that then bleeds into the humour, I suppose. So, like, there's quite a few fart jokes in this, right? Oh, yeah, there is. Now, I'm not. I never really have been a massive fan of fart jokes. Even when <laughs> I was a kid, I've always been... I don't know what it is. I've just never found them that funny. I found mm-hmm. them funnier when I was younger, but I find them a little bit irritating now. I guess because because of the way comedy has has moved, things have become referential, haven't they? Too. Mm-hmm. So you think of like something like Tropic Thunder that's referring to fart humor and, and things like that as being, you know, it's not that funny or whatever. I don't know. I I suppose ultimately I don't find farts that funny. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I've got a tinier for fart jokes I don't I don't know <laughs> and the final thing and this just comes from from me reading about the film is that I think there was a bit of studio meddling in this where okay, I think the original idea was going to be a little bit more adult and I think mm-hmm. that they cut a few things I think I I ended up following a bit like yourself down a bit of a rabbit hole when mm-hmm. I saw that it was the 20th anniversary I think there was a couple of articles knocking about about oh the production of it at the time, which is where I got the thing about them disowning the film. And one of them was that I believe in the original script, Velma was gay. Okay, yeah. I think it's a bit of a shame that they cut that out. Yeah. But, you know, time hasn't been kind to that, has it, at the time? Whereas, where, you know, if they, made time, it, if yeah, they made it now, it would be different. It's 20 years yeah. later. But I do think it, they could have done something with that and they didn't. So maybe that was a bit of a missed opportunity. But mm. not loads. I have to say there was not loads that I didn't like. A lot of it is is down to my own tastes, really, as opposed to actually not liking anything. The only real mm. point I had was probably the, the, them working as a team sort of thing. But anyway, what about you? I don't think there'll be loads from you either, but you never know. 
I mean, there's a, there's a few things, but none of them are like huge offenders no. and they're not, you know, massive points that really put me off the film. So it's a little bit male gazy when yeah, it comes yeah, to Daphne yeah. and then later on Velma as sort of she starts to wear less clothes as she gets, yeah. like her soul is taken out of her body and then she's sort of possessed by the alien soul which, or whatever it is. Which makes you wear less clothes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody it, knows that, Alice. <laughs> you get really hot, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously it didn't bother me a great deal and I appreciate that it is a product of its time, but I definitely noticed it and I yeah. think you would have to be blind to not notice it. Um, I could have done without the burp and fart off that Shaggy and Scooby have. That's the very scene I was thinking of. Yes, so that... It, grosses me out a little bit too. Like I've, I know I've mentioned before, you, you know, you, it's difficult to watch Swiss Army Man at times, but <laughs> I got through it. But yeah, I'm not huge on on fart and burp humour, but, you know, Shaggy and Scooby are pretty cute together, so I'll let that slide and too. Kids, uh, kids do love it, don't they? Do you know what I mean? I, I've, I can I, imagine you, little 12-year-old Josh, like giggling to himself <laughs> in the cinema when that comes on, right? Definitely. Probably, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh the other thing as well was, right, so you know when they do the body swap sequence when mm. kind of all their souls go into each other's bodies? I, I can already, I don't know what you're going to say. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll see. I don't know if you do know what I'm going to say, but here oh, we go. Oh, maybe not, so maybe not. with that, my point was that I could have done with more of it. Oh, I thought what you were going to say, gonna uh, say? Uh, the bit where Fred says I could look at myself naked. Oh, no, I didn't uh, mind because, that Because really, so. I just thought it was going to be leading on from the male gaze. Oh, yeah, going but, in, but anyway, yeah. yeah I, 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 yes, I could, actually. Yeah, you're right. I could have done with more of it. I remember the sequence being a bit longer when I was a kid. And I actually find it really funny because you've got... It's, it's when uh, Fred is acting like... Uh, Daphne is in his body. Yeah. I just found that really funny. And it, it means they're all having to really give proper good physical performances to become these other characters, right? It's even I, funnier I when you know it. that they're married as well. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, aren't they cute, man? Imagine the like... A, well, they're one of those, like, not. I know, you know we don't really do celebrity gossip and stuff like that. They're one of those couples who seem to have met, actually fallen in love and have just stayed married. They're still, yeah, it's just still like, married. Just married. So, like, do you reckon they met on the set of this film? I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, I'd have to. I'd have to dig out a copy of uh, 2001 Heat or something, yeah, yeah. something okay like that. Magazine. But... All the goss on Sarah Michelle Gellar and her new beau. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I just, I, th- I thought, it, I thought it was a really funny moment, and I know it's been done before, and and you might, you know, think now, oh, it's been done to death. But I, I just think they could have got more comedy out of there. So I would have liked even just a few more minutes mm. of them being in there because they like they only really get about a couple of sentences each as yeah, the other long. person. Not long, is it? Um, yeah. And I thought it was good. It really and they're was. all so good. They're all so good in, in it as well. They definitely there's a real good chemistry between the four of them. I think it's, it's a shame really that it got the reception that it's that it got, which which we'll come on to. Yeah. Um, some of the music I thought was a little bit annoying and it did that thing where the music was playing almost 100% of the time and yeah. it was just a bit like oh, it's sometimes it can just be a bit much for me just because I notice it um, the other thing as well that I've just thought of now so when they get on the plane to go to is it Spooky Island obviously Spooky Island all this stuff where all this yeah. stuff's happening so obviously so Scooby-Doo is having to dress up as a lady like he's got a big flowery <laughs> sun hat on and he's wearing a dress he's playing Shaggy's grandma or something yeah. isn't he um, but there's a cat on the plane like there's a cat sat on a woman's lap 
And I'm That's like, true. So there's why, a cat there. Why, so obviously they let animals in the, you know, in the why cabin. Why dress him up as an old woman? Why not just have him come on as a dog, right? And all, all old women, of course, look like Great Dane dogs. Indeed. <laughs> I've, I've been saying this for years, Josh, I'm telling I've always, you. I've always, you've always said that. Always said it. It's, like, it's a quote <laughs> from me. Um, so I just thought that was a bit inconsistent. I don't know if it's because cats, if people think cats are more, if, if they behave better on no, It's a bit of a, a convenience, isn't it? It's like, we need Scooby to bark at something. So, yeah. Like, why couldn't it have been someone watching a film with a cat on? Yeah, they, I, I think smart, smart, Josh. See, this is what we this should is have made Scooby do. We, we are much better than highly here, successful guys. writer James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was kind of it. Like all pretty small fry, to be honest. Like nothing that really put me off. The positives that way, the negatives. You think? Oh, definitely, certainly, mm. certainly. I had fun when I see it the first time, and I I had fun this time, and I was looking forward to watching it as well. Yeah, all round good time from me. So we'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. Now, I have seen it as this film was already on my list. So ah, I'm not going right. to lie to okay, your listeners. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to guess when I know the answer. Um, so I do know what it's got. But Josh, you say you've picked this because you reckon it's underrated, I do, yeah. not underseen. So go on, tell, tell us a bit well, about this. Have a look, let's have, let's have a look reception. then. For, for the listeners at home then in that case. So the, on, at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets 52%. Mm -hmm. Well, 5.2, so 52%. Uh, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it 39%. And the critics, those miserable gets, give it 32%, which averages out at the time of recording at 41%. Alice, that is bullshit. I mean, there's so, Scooby Doo. It's a Great Dane-sized dog shit, is what that is. It, it is. It is. It's so. I mean, screw the critics anyway, right? But the audience, um. Have surprised me. They, they did surprise me. Who's going online and slagging off Scooby Doo? I know. Yeah. Do you just not get the jokes? Like, are you just are you so illiterate when it comes to the wonder of the cinema that you just don't get how funny it is? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the easiest ones we've ever had. Forty-one percent. You know, it isn't perfect, but bloody hell, it's a good time, and it's not forty-one percent. It's just not. No, I think I it's cri agree. criminally, criminally underrated what about I you I completely agree what would what would you give it do you think oh it's definitely a seven and above oh do you reckon yeah I was yeah. gonna say a high six but yeah. oh no you you well, a bit let, more generous yeah, let, all right, yeah so let's say a seven e even it out at a seven yeah so there we go another one in the underrated vault is there oh, a criminally easily. underrated vault Easy, yeah, like, let's create a new one, I reckon. It's in there with Green, Green Lantern and Speed 2. And Grease 2 and Speed 2. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. So it's your turn to pick next week. Are it we doing Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? Oh, how did you know? You see the list. <laughs> <laughs> what are we no. doing? So... We're going to do something, Josh, that we're probably going to have to have a quick conversation about after this episode just to double check that it can be found <laughs> online or on a streaming service, right? right okay. We're going to do a film called Solomon and Gainer. You've definitely okay. heard of it. I mean, I can tell by your face that you've definitely uh, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I know it well. Uh, okay, well, if we can find it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll watch we'll a quick look. Solomon, uh, Solomon and Gainer. Yeah, and okay. if we can't find it, we will have re-recorded uh, yeah. this. And you'll never ever episode, hear so this. You'll never, you'll ne you'll you'll never, never know. know. <laughs> so, you know, 
whatever. Um, okay, well, in that case, join us next week when we'll be talking about Solomon and Gainer. If you'd like to get in touch mm-hmm. with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for Just Films and That on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, please give us a follow. See what we're up to. We always try and put some content out there. Uh, and if you do get a chance, if you give us a little rating or review wherever you get your podcast, it would, of course, be greatly appreciated. As well as in your ears, we're also on your telly boxes, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed for the new extended time of three minutes, you lucky, lucky things. A whole things. extra minute. A whole extra minute. So every Friday on the local TV network, you can find us from 6pm talking about films. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Channel 195 on Sky across the country. That's every Friday night from 6pm. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to see us and get in touch. Let us know what you'd like us to cover. Um, all that remains to be said in analysis. Thank you very much for joining me as ever. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.